0: Sherlock Holmes. We present the fourth play in our series, based on the short stories of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, dramatized by Michael Hardwick, with Carlton Hobbs as Sherlock Holmes and Norman Shelley as Dr. Watson. And now, here is Dr. Watson to introduce the case of The Red Circle. And friend, Mr. Sherlock Holmes, was always accessible upon the side of kindness. It he was also accessible through flattery. So that when our visitor, Mrs. Warren, with the pertinacity and cunning of her sex, made use of both these forces, persuading to listen to her seemingly unremarkable case, he laid down the great scrapbook which he'd been indexing in a an and gave her his attention. I don't remember my
1: friend, Mr. Fairdale Hodge saying so how you brought light into people's darkness. He has never seen speaking of it, never. And now, now that I'm in dozens dark of myself, I, well, I'm good that I
0: must come to you, Mr. Holmes. <laughs> uh, very well, Mrs. Warren. Now, you say that a youngish man who wouldn't give his name came ten days ago in answer to your advertisement of apartments to let. That's it. There's a small sitting room and bedroom, and all
1: complete, at the top of the house. I showed him over it, and he seemed very pleased indeed. Perfect,
2: madame. Perfect for me. Uh,
1: There's not very much furniture, sir. I'm sorry. But you see, Mr. Warren earns very little. It's no matter at all.
2: Now, I pay you five pounds per week. Oh, no, sir. That would be two weeks. I'll have fifty for me. And I offer five pounds. Here is a ten pound note for ten. Well, sir. Only I make conditions. Oh, what is that? I have a key of the house. Oh, you have that anyway, sir. And you never enter my room. But, but what about the cleaning and... Never. I am to be left entirely to myself. And on no excuse, on no excuse, madame, am I being disturbed. Well, really? is that what you say, sir? That is what I pay for. Uh, this bell, uh, is working? Of course. You might just hear it in the kitchen. Ah, thank you. <laughs> then I ring when I'm ready for my leave. And you bring to the landing outside and leave for me. You understand? Very good, sir. I'll leave it on the chair out there. When adding again, you may take away. And for anything I wish, I place a note on the chair. As you say, sir. Uh-huh. But are you sure... I am sir? sure, madame, that if you are not keeping my terms in any way, then I am leaving your house at once, and there will be no more ten-pound notes for you. Is perfect, Virginia? Yes, sir.
1: You'll have nothing to complain of, I'm sure.
0: Extraordinary request, is it, my dear Watson? Mm-hmm. Eccentric, perhaps, to our way of thinking, but a lodger is entitled to profess if he wishes it, and if he's prepared to pay handsome. eh, he will
1: that's just what my old man, uh, Mr. Warren, said when I told him.
0: Well, and I don't quite see why you find.
1: Sir, it's got beyond all reason. For ten days now he's been up there in those rooms, and I've never once set eyes on him. No visitors, no letters, nothing. All we hear is him pacing up and down, up and down. And all we see is his notes. I brought some of them along to show you, Mr Holmes.
0: Oh, thank you. Hmm. All printed with a broad-pointed, violet-tinted pencil. They were not unusual patterns. Soap. Daily just
1: That was the one he left on the first day, sir. I read that newspaper with his breakfast tray every
0: morning. Printed, Holmes? Couldn't he be trying to disguise his handwriting? No, no. Why should he care about his landlady seeing his writing? All the same, it opens a pleasing field for intelligent speculation. Now, Mrs. Warren, you're quite certain that he's never left the room. You can take it from me, he's never been out farther once. Once? When was that?
1: The first night he was there. I heard him come up the stairs again long after we were abed bed a, Ooh, about midnight, I
0: should say. I see...
1: Mr. Holmes, what are you going to do about it? Nothing, at present.
0: Nothing? You have no excuse for intruding upon the man's privacy. After all, Mrs. Warren, you have nothing to complain oh,
1: of. you I guess,
3: sir. You
0: received your rent. He's not a troublesome lodger, though certainly an unusual one. But I... I've taken the matter up, and I won't lose sight. Watson, the door for Mrs. Warren, please. Let's get your in man. Oh,
1: well, uh, very good, Mr. Holmes.
0: A report to me if anything fresh, sir. Good day. Good day, sir. Good day, doctor. Good
1: day, ma'am. Oh.
0: The, uh, the first thing that strikes one, Watson... yes, sir. Is the obvious possibility that the person now in the room may be entirely different from the one who engaged them?
2: On the other hand, we have
0: evidence of a man who went out on that first night to return third, but unseen. Why don't he, White, shouldn't have been the same fellow? A fellow who, according to Mrs. Warren, speaks English very well, yet leaves a note reading math, when it was clear what he required was nothing. I
2: see.
0: I can imagine someone finding the word in a dictionary which would give the nouns, but not the plural. The laconic style of the notes in general... Maybe to conceal the absence of knowledge of English. A substitution of lodger, eh? But for what possible end, Holmes? Um? Ah, well, there lies our problem. There is one rather obvious line of investigation, though. Yes? Eh? a good fellow and hand me that scrapbook our client's arrival forced me to put aside. Right, uh. Ah, isn't that your agony column, book? Yes, the agony column of every London journal is filed in here. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, me, yeah, me. For a chorus of groans, cries, and bleepings. That's part of the paper, I think. <laughs> and surely the most valuable hunting ground that ever was given to a student of the unusual. Here are the Daily Gazette extracts for the last fortnight, for really. mm-hmm. <laughs> the lady with a black bar at Princess Skating Club? Now, oh, that's when they pass, attention, don't <laughs> Surely... Jimmy will not break his mother's heart. Dear me. Uh, uh, If the lady who fainted in the Brixton bus. No, I think not. (laughs) Ah. Now, this is a little more possible.
2: Mm -hmm. Be
0: patient. We'll find some sure means of communication. Meanwhile, this column, G. That was published two days after Mrs. Warren's lodger arrived. Transformable, doesn't it? I, I really don't follow. Him. Oh, surely it's occurred to you, Watson, that here we have a man living quite alone in conditions which suggest a desire for absolute secrecy. He received neither letters nor visitors. Yet may we not assume that eventually some news or message is to reach him from outside? That exactly the daily gazette he has delivered every morning. Perfectly. Yes. And here we read in the agony column again, three days later, making successful arrangements. Patience and prudence, the clouds will pass. G. I say, Holmes, you may have found something. Did G have anything to say in yesterday's paper? Hmm. listen to this. If I find chance to signal, remember 1A, 2B, and so on. You will hear soon. G. So each letter of the alphabet represented by a number up to 36. Pretty simple stuff, isn't it? Unsophisticated, certainly. But uh we shall see. No, there is nothing Sanji to today. What are we going to do? You, you, you told Mrs. Warren we couldn't interfere. Nor shall we, my dear Watson. We shall busy ourselves with our own affairs, await development, and above all, a rules of interest. The agony column of tomorrow, ah what's it say, Watson? Um, Here it is. What we're waiting for. High red house with white stone facing. Third door, second window left after dusk. Mm. Now, I think that after breakfast, we must make a little reconnaissance of Mrs. Warren's neighborhood. It may in us much better <coughs> Mr. Ah, Mrs. Warren. Um, hmm.
1: uh, I beg pardon for brushing in past your housekeeper, gentlemen, but it's a place matter, Pray sit
0: down. Now, pray sit down. And tell us what news you bring. Uh, a cup of
1: copies, perhaps. Oh no no no, thank you sir, no. Uh, no, well I'll see you before. Now I'll tell you, it's a police matter, Mister Holmes. I'll have no more of it. You shall pack his bag and go. Mark my word, I would have gone up straight and told him this morning. I thought it was fair to you to take your opinion. But I'm at the end of my patience, and when it comes to knocking my old man about, oh, then
0: I'm Mister Warren no about.
1: Well. Using him roughly, anyway. Who you? used him
0: roughly, Mrs. Wallace? Ah,
1: that's what we want to know. It was this very morning, just before seven, as he went off to his work. Mm-hmm. Well, he hadn't got ten paces down the road when two men came up behind him, threw a coat over his head, and bundled him into a cab that was beside the curb. Great. They drove him for an hour or so, then opened the door, shot him out, and drove off. Mm-hmm. When he picked himself up, he found he was on a hamster knee. Well, he took a bus home and, and there he lies on the sofa now while I came straight down to tell you what had happened. Most
0: interesting. Interesting? Did your husband observe the appearance of these men? Did he hear them talk?
1: Oh, no, no, nothing like that. I tell you, it's too vague. He just knows he was lifted up and dropped as if for magic.
0: And what makes you connect this attack with your
2: lodger, Mrs.
0: Watts?
1: It for reason. Fifteen years we've lived there and nothing like this has ever happened before. Oh, I've had enough of him. Money's not everything. I'll have him out of my house before the day's done. You see. No, no,
0: wait a bit, Missus Warren. Do nothing rash. I begin to think that this affair may be very much more important than appeared at first sight. Important,
1: I should say. It's clear
0: now that some danger is threatening your lodger. It is equally clear that his enemies, lying in wait for him near your door, mistook your husband for him in the foggy morning light. On discovering their mistake, they released him. Well. Well, what am I to do,
1: Mr.
0: Arbin? you know, Mrs. Warren, I have a great fancy to see this lodger. over mm-hmm.
1: I don't see how that should be managed unless and, and you break his door down. Well, he has to take his meal tray in Holmes.
0: I mean, couldn't we hide somewhere and watch? Oh, there is a box room opposite. Oh, good. Well, suppose we got behind the open door and Mrs. Warren arranged a mirror to, um, to give us a view of the door opposite. Excellent. When does he lunch? About one, sir. Then Dr. Watson and I will come round in time. For the present, Mrs. Warren, goodbye. Great Ormisty. Ah, end of the Bridge Museum, eh, Holmes? I doubt whether Mrs. Warren. Oh, the old man in public, boxing. You see, Watson.
2: <laughs> ah,
0: this, yes. I thank you, Warren's having. Yes, it is. Mm. Well, at any rate, it wasn't this house our friend he was referring to in his last message. High red house with white stone facing, he said. One yellow brick. You forget, my dear Watson, that we're assuming the message to be for the benefit of the mysterious lodger inside this house. His correspondence would scarcely be telling him what his own abode looked like. You see that house nearly opposite? Just in housing. Uh, which one? The high red one with white stone facings, of course.
2: Oh. Great.
0: And with a toilet car in the second window on the left of the third floor. It matches, Watson. It matches in every particular. Good yes. yes, sir. An to which G has asked us, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I'm nice to see you on the set, gentlemen.
0: I'm sure I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Mm. But I heard no ring. No, no, no. My friend and I have paused a moment to admire those splendid residential flats. Across in House Street, isn't it? Oh, then. Oh, very nice, I'm sure, if you don't
1: mind paying. <laughs> now, come inside, gentlemen, please.
0: Thank you, ma'am. Thank you.
1: Come in, gentlemen. I've got it all ready for you. Now, I've placed a big old mirror in the box room... So if you get a clear view across the passage, Now, I won't go up with you, but you go straight onto the top and the box the open door on the right. You should hear him win for his meal directly. I've got it all ready on his hand.
2: Upon Mr. Warren, for a fear of an element of violence which is intended to point out others' fear. Yes, I suppose you're right. Listen, you're looking to this, this, this warrant.
0: Help. And yours? I didn't expect to find a woman, especially so beautiful a woman. Yes, indeed. You reckon she saw us? She saw or sent something to alarm her. Hmm. but our actions for those of a person already alert to some sort of danger. Well, what do you make of it now, Holmes? A couple seek refuge from some danger, a terrible and instant danger to judge from the rigor of their precautions. The man, who has some work which he must do, desires to leave the woman in absolute safety while he does it. Engages the room for himself alone, then substitutes her so effectively that even the landlady who supplies the food is unaware. The printed messages I now see were to prevent their right of sex being discovered from her handwriting. The man cannot come near the other woman or he'll guide her enemies to her. Mr. what's at the root of it? Ah, yes, Watson. Severely practical, as usual, what is at the root of it all? You saw that woman's face? And the fear written in it. Well, that's true. The attack upon Mr. Warren shows that the enemy, whoever they are, are not aware of the substitution of the female lodger for the male. Had yes. they got the man they expected, who knows what might have eventuated
2: it. Well, I see all
0: that, but, but what's your position in it now, Holmes? I mean, what have you to gain from it? Ah, what indeed? To repeat your own words, Watson, art for art,
2: sake.
0: Uh-uh. There's neither money nor credit in it, and yet one would wish to tidy it up. When dusk comes, we'll return to Mrs. Warren's room. So what do you intend to do there? To take up a vantage point in one of the good ladies' front windows and keep our eyes on that vacant flat in House Street. Remember G's latest advertisement, Watson? After that. Du- ah, yes. And his earlier one, outlining a simple signaling code? Yes. Then you'd better bring pencil and paper. For unless my imagination's running away with me, I take it that a message is about to be conveyed by G to his dark damsel by means of some form of light. And you, my dear fellow, will oblige me by counting the flashes and writing them down while I translate the numbers into letters and, we hope, into words of significant meaning.
2: Twenty flashes, Holmes. Key again. Uh, one. Oh, just one. A. Oh, hello. hello, it seems to stop.
0: For the moment only. Keep watching while I puzzle this out. All the tedious ways to pass a message waving a candle flame to and fro. At ten tar. I expected attention, but definitely only one flash at the end. Certainly. May. Now let me see. At ten. This could be it. Oh we'll started again. Keep counting. It's imperative to miss nothing. Uh, one again. Another eight. One, two, three, four, five. At ten tar. No, no, no. Ten, T A T A. Someone's in this room. Uh, At ten, T A. Nineteen could be twenty. Twenty again,
2: huh? Ten again, isn't it? Come <laughs> on, <Of laughs> that's ten. It's ten, but where? Oh,
0: hello. What is it? Well, that's odd. The candles seem to go up in the air. Jerked up. The night's gone out. A warning cry cut short. Uh, this is serious, Watson. Believe me, if there's some devilry afoot, why should such a message stop like that? We'll find the beginning again. Windows in darkness. I should put Scott and Gell in touch with this business, and yet it's too pressing for us to leave. Well, sh- shall I go? No, no, we must define the situation a little more clearly first. It may bear some more innocent explanation than the one I have in mind. Come, Watson, let's hurry across ourselves and see what we can make. Just, Just a moment. moment. I beg your pardon, sir. Is that is that Doctor Watson? What? Ah, Inspector <laughs> Gregson. miss Mister. Why Gregson? Journey's end for lovers' meetings. What brings you here? Same reason that brings you out. There are high rebounds, ones are the Different threads, but leading up to the same tangle. We've been taking the signals. Signals. From that third-floor window up there, Inspector, the, the unoccupied flat. They, they, they broke off in the middle, so we so we can't see the reason. Uh, Mr. Holmes, there's only one exit to these flats, so we have them safe inside. Uh, who, uh, who is who? Aha. Uh-huh. Squared areas, on Mr. Holmes. Sorry. Coming, Come Governor. May I introduce you to Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson? What on earth? You'll be honor's all mine, gentlemen. <laughs> this is Mr. Leverton of Pinkerton's National Detective Agency in America. The hero of the Long Island Cave mystery. Sir, yes. I'm pleased to meet you. And I, you, Mr. Holmes, and the celebrated Dr. Watson. Ah, <laughs> pleasure, Mr. Leverton. So what brings you here? I got up as Gregson's cabby. I'm on the trail of my life now, gentlemen. If I can get Gorgiano. What? Gorgiano? Of the red circle, <laughs> The very same. We've learned all about him in America. We know he's at the bottom of 50 murders, maybe a lot more, yet we've nothing positive to take him on. I tracked him over here from New York, and I've been close to him for a week in London. Mr. Gregson and I ran him to ground in this apartment house tonight.
2: Oh, the newspaper message is signed by G and the signals. Surely this means that it's called Gianno is the signaler, and the woman over in Mrs. Warren's is some sort of
0: accomplice. He's been signaling to an accomplice. And you said the signal broke off short just now, didn't you, Doctor? That's right. Confound it. That means he suddenly spotted us down here, Gregson. Even now he'll be trying to pick up some way of getting clear of us without coming through this door. So look over that. What do you suggest, Mr. Holmes? Let me go up at once and see for ourselves. We've no warrant for his arrest. We just have to follow him till he makes some false move. Just a moment. Did you say he was signaling from an empty flat, Doctor? That's right. There's an agent's bill in the window. It is on unoccupied premises under suspicious circumstances. The excuse they've been waiting for, Liverton. Come on, gentlemen. This is the door and stand back, gentlemen. If he starts shooting, there's no sense in more than one of us getting in the way. Oh, there you go, Liverton. London dangers are the privilege of the London force. Just step aside and hold this lantern, if you please. Oh, I got you, I know. My name of the law. Good lord. Bring
2: the lantern,
0: Quick. Here you are. Holy mackerel. It's got right. but I guess someone else got here ahead of us. Let me see, please.
2: A great heaven. A knife headed up to the hills in his No question of it. He's dead. What are
0: you doing, Mr. Holmes? I found the candle that was being used for figuring. Me. I know the code, and I'm resuming the signals where he left off, though in rather a different vein, which which I fancy may be helpful. Uh, By the way, Grayson,
2: I believe you said
0: three people came out of the building while you were keeping watch. That's right. Should you say one of them was a youngish man, uh, perhaps a foreigner, and very well-dressed? You're right there, Mr. Holmes. I picked him for an Italian without a doubt say we've missed someone, an accomplice. Quite the contrary, I believe. But I think he is the man you seek now. There. Yeah. That's enough signaling. What do you want it for? This murder? Precisely. Well, a fat chance there ever finding one young foreigner in the whole of London. That's why I've summoned you some aid. What's oh, that? Patience for a few minutes, Gregson. And all will be made plain.
3: The oh, I do not know how to thank you, but but when tomorrow? You sent me to come
0: here. Where is he? I signaled, madam. But how could you? I knew your cipher, and your presence here was desirable. I knew that I had only to flash the with the candle flame, and you would respond to your G. However, this death is not our doing. But
3: tomorrow. Where is my husband, De Naro Luca no. My Gennaro's done this thing. My splendid, beautiful Gennaro has killed the monster. And we are free. Oh, Gennaro, mio! What woman could be worth of such a man? Ah, that's all
0: it were, Mrs. Looker, but murder's murder, and I'm afraid I'll tell I wonder, uh, moment, Jackson. Will... This lady may be as anxious to give us information as we are to get it. Now
3: that is dead, we fear nothing, Signore. I tell you, all. my name is Emilia Luca. I come from Prusilipo, near Napoli. My denaro was in my father's employment. Hallelujah. But it was poor, and my father forbade us to marry. So we ran away to New York. Oh,
0: old are
3: For four years. My husband obtained employment, and we the rest. Then one night, my denaro bring home another man. this Gorgiano. Everything about him is like a monster. His body, his talk, his temper, his. Uh, what you he say, his passion. Again and again, after that, he comes to our home. I see that my poor Denaro does not wish it. But still, he comes.
0: Why not stop him then?
3: <laughs> One night, my Denaro tells me why. In his younger days, when he wishes to protest against the injustices of life, he has joined the Napolitan society, the Red Circle.
0: We know it. Ah,
3: They have many secrets, and they swear terrible oaths. When we go to America, my Gennaro thinks he has suffered death forever. But the monster Gorgiano has already made a bunch of the society in New York. He compels my Gennaro to join.
0: With threats to his life, if he wouldn't,
3: I guess. See, si, see, si, but everyone I were, is to come. The monster comes one night to our home. When Gennaro is out, he demands from me the... the love. I refuse. He me. He implores me to go away with him. I refuse. We struggle. Then my Gennaro comes in. He knocks the monster down. But we know we are no longer safe in New York, in all America. When Gorgiano recovers, he will hunt my Gennaro to kill him. While he's still unconscious, we leave home. We fancy things. Uh, we come to London. We are safe. Then one day, my Gennaro noticed two Italians following him. And another day, he sees the monster himself in the street. He will not stand you. Sure. My Gennaro puts me to live in the room, he has taken so that the men who were following will seem to stay there all the time and they'll not come out. While I hide, he will find evidence against the monster to take to the police. Only oh, since Gorgiano just sees him and follows him here. Where will you to Gorgiano? But my broken marrow was ready and that's closing. Gentlemen, I ask, Who would condemn my Gennaro for what he has
0: done? Well, Mr. Gregson, I don't know what your British point of view may be, but I guess that in New York, this lady's husband will be getting a pretty general vote of thanks. Uh, Maybe, Mr. Everton, maybe, but uh, she'll have to come with me to the yard and see the thief. Don't worry, madam. The post you say is corroborated. I don't reckon you'll have much to fear. Or your husband. Let me find
3: him. Oh, grazie, signore. Mimme, mimme grazie.
0: Quite. What I uh, can't make out, Taylor, Mr. Holmes,
2: is how the blazes you got mixed up in the matter.
0: <laughs> Education, Gregson. Education. Still seeking knowledge of the old university. Why? How's that? Well, Watson. Yes, Holmes. You have one more specimen of the tragic and grotesque to add to your collection. I have indeed, Holmes. The... Oh, by the way, it's not yet eight o'clock. And a fog door night at Cotton Garden. Oh, if we hurry, we might be in time for the second act. <laughs> Good night, gentlemen. All right, Holmes. I'm coming. The Red turtle, by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was adapted for radio by Michael Hartley. The part of Sherlock Holmes was played by Carlton Hobbs, and Doctor Watson by Norman Shelley. Mrs. Warren, Grace Allardyce, Gennaro, Robert Rieti, Inspector Gregson, Humphrey Morton, Leverton, Robert Howey, Emilia, Gigi Gatti. The production was by Graham Gore. On Radio Two at eight fifteen next
2: Tuesday, you can hear The Lion's Mane.